Pop Culture Affidavit, Episode 53, The Soft-tacular. Hello and welcome to episode 53 of Pop Culture Affidavit, a podcast that covers everything random in the world of popular culture, which is brought to you by the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. I'm your host, Tom Panneries. I'm back this episode with another musical countdown show because of all the episodes I've ever done over the past year or so, the ones that have really gotten a lot of attention have been my musical countdown ones. I did a Christmas one back at the end of 2014, and earlier this year I did the TV theme show Countdown, which everybody has done at this point, which is pretty awesome because they've been really fun, so why not go to that well again? I had a cartoon theme episode in the works that I still do. Uh, Gene Hendricks recently did one on the Hammer podcast, which is awesome, and I suggest you go check it out. And Andy Leyland just did another TV theme episode a little while ago on the Palace of Glittering Delights, so check that out as well. And even though another TV theme episode would be fun, um, and like I said, is in the works, I'm not going to be doing that today. In fact, no, I'm going to get nostalgic. I'm going to take you guys through a playlist of some of the music of my youth. So get ready for 16 of the best soft rock classics from the 1970s and the 1980s. Huh? Oh yeah. I'm not going to pretend that a musical trip down memory lane always involves the best of hard rock and heavy metal or the most sophisticated independent and alternative music. Yes, at one point or another, I can say I listened to the, quote, important bands of whatever era I was feeling nostalgic for. But can we all be honest with one another and stop acting like we were sneaking into dead Kennedy shows in the 1980s? Oh, I'll give you the fact that your older brother gave you a Circle Jerks tape in junior high school so you would stop blasting Motley Crue's Girls, Girls, Girls when your parents weren't around. But when you really think back and take a truthful look at our youth, you have to admit that there is a reason that you know all the words to kiss you all over by exile. And that's because you were raised on soft rock, or if you're lucky, one of the best of the 70s, 80s, 90s, and today. Because you had to ride in the car with your parents. Now, for me and my sister, it was one particular car type of car ride and two specific radio stations that I think the two of us think of the most when we think of this this circumstance. The car ride was about one hour or so from our house in Sable to my grandmother's house in New Hyde Park. And the stations were 1061 WBLI 
and 106.7 WLTW. Now, if you're living on Long Island right now, WBLI, you'll recognize as a top 40 station, uh, especially if you live in like about the center islands out east, because that's where primarily broadcast from. But back in the 1980s, it was a sort of top 40, but played like the lighter side of top 40. So you weren't getting any like hard rock or hair metal or, or anything or, or like dance music or, or any rap that would make its way onto the the airwaves and the charts at that point. Unless Casey Kasem, they were airing the Casey Kasem countdown, which they did on Sundays. It was the station that aired this sort of like music you and your parents could agree on format for Top 40 Radio. The Commodores sail on 106 WVLI FM. The best on record from the best on Long Island. And honestly, it was the only station that Nancy and I could get our parents to play back in the late 80s because my parents wouldn't want to listen to Z100, which was which is the top 40 radio station out of New York City. And, you know, all the rock stations and stuff they just didn't listen to. And we ugh, did not want to hear the country music station my dad tuned into. So WBLI was it. Now, later on into the early 1990s, uh, WBLI would go full Bolton and Celine Dion, who honestly are the two artists I kind of blame for the demise of, of listenable, parent-friendly radio in the early 90, 1990s. But what happened uh, then was that 95.5 WPLJ out of New York City became kind of like BLI. And, well, for most of the ride, we were able to listen to them. So things got a little bit better after they switched to that format. PLJ is a different radio station. No rap, no hard stuff, no sleepy elevator music. Just the best songs on the radio. The best songs on the radio. And Scott and Todd in the morning. 95.5 PLJ. But back in the days before that WPLJ compromise, Nancy and I would get into the back of the car and almost immediately start whining before we were even out the driveway. Can you put on WPLI? Then, at some point on the way to New Hyde Park, we'd hear WPLI get slightly staticky because, I don't know, we went under a bridge. And my dad would be like, oh, we're losing the station, and hit the preset button and turn on WLTW Light FM. There's only one radio station in New York that specializes in songs you can sing along with. WLTW, light music at 106.7 FM. And here's the best part. Light FM gives you favorites by Streisand, Mathis, Lionel Richie, all greats by the best people making music with hardly any talk or interruptions. There's no other radio station like it in New York. Listen right here at 106.7 WLTW, Light FM. Now, let me tell you, there are few things more hellish to a preteen than being stuck in the back of a car and being forced to listen to 1970s and 1980s soft rock while traffic crawls on the northern state. Oh, we could have brought our Walkman and tuned the music out with whatever the two of us were listening to at the moment. But thinking back, I don't think either of us really had Walkmans at the time. At least until I, I don't. I don't think I got my first one until like eighth or ninth grade, and, and Nancy 
probably around the same time as well. And even when we did start bringing them in the car to listen to, we had to turn them up to drown out the traffic and the awful radio songs. And then my dad would be like, turn that down, turn that down. So we kind of gave up because it was a losing battle. And what made it even worse was that my parents, because we complain audibly about the radio station, because that's what you do when you are you know, 12, 13, 14 years old and you're being forced to listen to music you can't stand. My parents, instead of just saying, well, tough, tough shit, you're going to have to listen to this, and they probably did, they would also insist that the music being played on this station was the same artists that we were listening to on like, well, WBLI or another station. And, you know, I kind of doubt that all the cool kids at my junior high school were jamming to Christopher Cross, but I don't know. I had no control over the situation. So in honor of that ride, I have created not so much a countdown, but a playlist. It's one that takes us from getting in the car and listening to WBLI right by my parents' house, and then on driving on those various Long Island parkways, the southern state, the wonton, the northern state, as we plunged into the de- very depths of musical hell on our way to my grandmother's house in New Hyde Park. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Softacular.
Is there any better way to start off this list than Valerie by Steve Winwood? The mid-80s were full of guys like this who had top 10 hits that were, like, parent-friendly. And a number of people will tell you that they were introduced to music through older siblings' tapes or seeing MTV for the first time. But I'm quite sure a number of us were like me, who kind of learned about pop music through, like, Steve Winwood and Bruce Hornsby in the Range and, yes, 1980s-era Billy Joel and... Don Henley, and none of which were absolutely terrible. In fact, I unironically have a Don Henley CD, and I have a couple of Bruce Hornsby songs, and love Billy Joel. But they're not as, like, you know, hardcore as you know, Guns N' Roses or or Metallica or, or things like that. So, so, my, so it was a, a very, very nice way to introduce yourself to pop music. Moving on, though, we have something that was very popular in the, in, in the 80s and early 90s, and that is the adult contemporary duet. This is the first of three duets on the list, and it's actually the heavier one. I don't even know if it's the heavier, harder one. It, it actually has a beat to it. Poppier. I don't know, whatever, if you could call it any of those things. Reaching number one on the Billboard Hot 100 and number two in the Adult Contemporary Charts and number 12 on the Hot Dance Club Songs Chart in uh, 1986, here is Aretha Franklin and George Michael with I Knew You Were Waiting For Me.
I Knew You Were Waiting For Me is one of those songs that stations like WBLI would play when an artist like George Michael was releasing stuff that didn't fit into their format. Kind of when they would play Holiday so they could say they were playing Madonna during the Justify My Love erotica sex book years of Madonna. It's like, who were playing Madonna? And it's like, you know, yeah, Holiday. Um, yeah, not exactly edgy there at BLI. I Knew You Were Waiting For Me also has this weird memory for me. Um, back in the day my parents would take me to Macy's to shop for back to school clothes and junior high is like a weird period for for guys because there's no there's no juniors section for boys you know girls go clothes shopping and they start in the girls section they move to the junior section and then they go to the you know the women's clothing just you know as, as you get older and 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 grow boys didn't really have that it was like the, and and Macy's tried to get like a teen section going and for for boys, so um, I remember it was the Bay, the Bayshore Macy's was on the first floor, not too far from where the men's shirts were and stuff. And you know the wall they would they would put the labels of the uh, designers or brands on the wall above all the shelves. So you'd have um, you know Lacoste and you know whatever house brand they had. And this was the early nineties, so it was like Z Cavaricci stuff. And over on another wall, they had like three television screens playing. A music video and it was never it was adult parent friendly music videos and they used to play this video like all the time even into like the mid 90s they would play this video which is I think it's like right before Faith comes out so George Michael's kind of honing his motorcycle jackets shade aviator shades and tight jeans look and it's just one of those like they want to get the two of them to perform together so he walks into like i don't know an abandoned warehouse and then looks at a screen and she's singing and he's singing and it's so like we need an idea for a music video music video from the 1980s i'm gonna post videos for all these clips where i can find them in the show notes because some of the videos for these songs are absolutely hilariously cheesy all right let's let's move on to the next song on the list and I'm gonna move away from BWBLI at the moment. I'm gonna I'm gonna go under that bridge, hear one iota of static, and hit the button and say, "Oh, we're losing the song." So we're gonna lose the station, and we're gonna do it with the soothing sounds of "Against All Odds." Take a look at me now, by Phil Collins, which won a Grammy for Best Pop Vocal Performance in 1985.
Now, with this next song, I have to give some credit to my parents, uh, because when we were really young, my parents would play the Hall & Oates compilation, Rock and Soul Part 1. I think I stole that on cassette. They had it on cassette, and I actually stole that tape at one point, years after they even stopped listening to cassettes. I still had a Walkman at the time. They're the ones who introduced me to Hall & Oates. I love Hall & Oates. My wife loves Hall & Oates. And, uh, and even though I'd say one-on-one is probably the soft, rockiest of their songs... It's not one of my favorites. Uh, you know, I love Maneater. I love Kiss on My List. Uh, you Make My Dreams Come True. But I think one of my all-time favorites, Hall & Oates song, and, and the one I want to play here is Rich Girl. You're a rich girl and you're gone too far Cause you know it don't matter anyway You can rely on the old man's money You can rely on the old man's money It's a bitch girl, but it's gone too far Cause you know it don't matter anyway Say money, money won't get you too far, get you too far
But for every Hall and Oates, there's air supply. Oh God, air supply. Whose greatest hits I own on vinyl because my parents had it and they were cleaning out the record collection. I'm like, I this needs to be kept. Here, my friends, is the only tolerable air supply song out there. Every band, every artist has one song you can like, tolerate. Except for Foreigner and Barry Manilow. But but even Air Supply, even Air Supply has one song you can like and tolerate, and, and it is it is written by Jim Steinman, longtime Meatloaf collaborator. Here is Making Love Out of Nothing at All. And I know just how to cry I know just where to find the answers And I know just how to lie I know just how to fake it And I know just how to scheme I know just when to face the truth And then I know just when to dream And I know just where to touch you I know just what to prove I know when to pull you closer And I know when to let you loose And I know the night is fading And I know the time's gonna fly And I'm never gonna tell you everything I gotta tell you But I know I gotta give it a try And I know the roads to riches Take it. 
I said earlier the heyday of the adult contemporary duet was that 1980s early 1990s period although I guess you could trace it back to the 70s especially uh through Neil Diamond and Barbara Streisand's You Don't Bring Me Flowers and Elton John and Kiki D's Don't Go Breaking My Heart and very few duets in the early 1980s were bigger than the Academy Award winning B.J. Thomas and Jennifer Warren's hit Up Where We Belong which was the theme to the Richard Gere movie, An Officer and a Gentleman. I got nowhere else to go! I remember having this sheet music to this song. My, my piano teacher, Mrs. Stein, would, would buy me and my sister these this book. It's like top movie hit theme songs, and it were like all these movie theme songs that you could play on the piano. And I remember choosing this one once and spending a couple of weeks learning it and like being like pretty psyched that I learned how to play Up Where We Belong, even though by then it was like... 1991 and and it's not as awesome and soaring as like the love theme to St. Elmo's Fire by David Foster which I actually personally do love but it is definitely a notable hit from the early 1980s so here's up where we belong Every day, the lift is up. Where- 
things up a bit, shall we? With a song that was a top 10 hit in 1976, had serious longevity on adult contemporary chart radio stations, being played for years, even decades after it charted. And it's from an album that has quite possibly the most homoerotic album cover ever. No, seriously, go to the show notes for this episode and check it out. I'm not kidding. Here is Still the One by Orleans.
Now, I think that's one of the few soft rock songs of the 1970s about staying together. That isn't written by Captain and Tennille. Because it seemed like there were a ton of them that were about, like, being lonely or longing for an old flame or running into an old flame or how romantic it is to cheat on your lady. And no song embodies that latter notion than Escape, parentheses, the Pina Colada song. Welcome to the late 70s, kids. We hope you survive the experience.
I'm going to need a palate cleanser after that one. And who better than to cleanse our musical palates than the Doobie Brothers? I first saw this group, not like on a video, not in a film, that on, on an episode of What's Happening, where like the guys go to the Doobie Brothers concert and Rerun is taping the concert, and he's taping the concert with one of those tape recorders that was like the size of like two bricks, and it falls out, and then part two is about how they got caught taping the concert. The Doobie Brothers show up to the to the restaurant, and why I have such a vivid memory of this show is beyond me, but it was on after school every day on Channel 5. Anyway, um, What a Fool Believes was a huge number one hit for the band in 1979. It won two Grammy Awards in 1980, one for Song of the Year and one for Record of the Year. Honestly... Can you go wrong with Michael McDonald on vocals? Paula. Yeah. I gotta tell you something. I'm really excited about it. Uh, for the first time today, I woke up, I came to the store, and I, I feel confident to say to you that if you don't take this Michael McDonald DVD that you've been playing for two years straight off, I'm going to kill everyone in the store and put a bullet in my brain. David, what do you suggest we play? I don't care. Anything. I would rather I would rather watch Beautician and the Beast. I would rather listen to Fran Drescher for eight hours than have to listen to Michael McDonald. Nothing against him, but if I hear Yamo be there one more time, I'm going to Yamo burn this place to the ground. You're such a smart ass. Get back on the floor. Oh fuck you. Oh. My wife, by the way, does this awesome Michael McDonald impersonation of, of the chorus of this song. It, it's it's nothing I can actually get her to do like on command or something it's like it's spontaneous like we'll be talking and she'll be like what a fool believes and like most michael madonna impersonations if you just start babbling nonsensically in a falsetto voice with like a deep falsetto like you know that that which is not even michael mcdonald that sounds like i have a hernia or something but point being amanda does it like 10 times better than than i just tried to do and, and it's awesome um anyway here's the doobie brothers
If I'm going to include some Doobie Brothers on this list, I've got to include something by or related to the group Chicago. But aside from the song 25 or 624, I cannot tolerate this band. I'm sorry, but I was subjected to You're the Inspiration too much in high school to bring myself to even consider that one for the countdown. So thanks a lot, Kathy. But I can include Peter Cetera. I'm not going to put The Glory of Love on here. And the reason why is that um, I, I heard that plenty on, on WLTW and WBLI, but I had the Karate Kid 2 soundtrack, so it was a song that I actually willingly listened to outside of the my parents' car and stuff. I really liked it. Still, I still like that song in a cheesy, cheesy way. It's just, and, and honestly, the video for Glory of Love is like just balls. But I'm going to go with The Next Time I Fall, which is Satara's 1986 number one duet with Amy Grant. And is there anything more suburban parent soft rock than a duet between Amy? Peter Cetera and Amy Grant. I might as well be wearing a Land's End jacket. Here's the next time I fall.
Okay. So I'm finally going to get to Christopher Cross, because you cannot have anything soft rock without the presence of Christopher Cross. And I started this episode with sailing, but by the time I was being regularly imprisoned and tortured by Light FM, Christopher Cross wasn't sailing. Instead, he was caught between the moon and New York City. Yes, that's the best that I can do. Here's Arthur's theme.
you know, I was looking at the videos for these songs, and um, I came across both sailing, and I came across uh, the best you can do. If Chris Pratt wanted to put on forty pounds and uh, star in a Christopher Cross biopic, it would work. It would totally work. Anyway, I'm going to take a break here, actually. I'm going to put that out there, and then I'm going to take a break. So uh, when I get back, I'm going to have my final five songs of the Softacular. Chevy's here, Chevy's there. I say the Chevy's parked everywhere. There's even a 57 T-Bird, don't you know? But you don't need a Chevy to get into the Bel Air Cafe, where you can bop to your drop to the hits of the 50s, 60s, 70s, and today. Wednesdays are for ladies of the 80s. You'll take Thursdays if you're over 30. Fridays, it's Long Island's biggest happy hour. And Saturdays, there's always a poppin' good time for everyone. The original Bel Air Cafe, home of all the Chevys. Sunrise Highway, West Iceland. You be there or be square. I say, yeah! Leaders in family fun since 1962. Exciting rides. Game rooms. Terrific food. Adventureland rocks! And the website, www.adventureland.us. Open for the Easter, Passover, and Spring Break holiday, March 31st through April 10th. I have never prayed to you before. I have no tongue for it. No one, not even you, will remember if we were good men or bad. Why we bought, why we sold on eBay. All that matters is that 50 cent Captain Kirk Migo action figure. That's what's important. Cheapness pleases you, Grom. So grab me one request. Grab me the fruit of suburbia's garage sales. Let me drive those dealers away from that box of records and hear the lamentations of the children as I buy their Star Wars toys for a quarter. And if you do not listen, then to hell with you! Hello, I'm Chris Honeywell, and I make my living going to garage sales and then selling the junk I find on eBay. That's right, just like those assholes on TV. You can hear a podcast all about it where I tell you about all the good junk I got, how I sold it, give you tips gripe, bitch, and moan, and even have friends come along with me. So check it out. It's called Garage Sale Gloat, and it can only be found at twotruefreaks.com, which is, of course, the home of the Two True Freaks Network. Duh. Never seen you looking so lovely as you did tonight. I've never seen you shine so bright. Set the perfect mood with a bigger, brighter choice of music. Light FM. Turn it on. Enjoy a fantasy getaway. Escape to the perfect spot for the two of you. The Comac Motor Inn and the Grandmore Motor Lodge are special places for special people. So put a little romance into your life. On Long Island, it's the Comac Motor Inn. In Connecticut, it's the Grandmore Motor Lodge. And our new location in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, the Oakland East Motor Lodge, off Oakland Park Boulevard and Route 1. Enjoy your own fantasy getaway. I think that's as good a setup for the Benny Mardones hit Into the Night, so I'm going to present that right now without commentary. She's just 16 years old. Leave her alone. 
Did you know that that song charted twice? Uh, in 1980, when it was released, it hit number 11 on the pop charts. And in 1989, uh, DJ Scott Shannon, who has had a long career in New York, but at that time was in L.A., added it to his playlist after it got positive reception based on being on some sort of like Where Are They Now show or whatever. And in all total, it, that song spent 37 non-consecutive weeks on the charts. It actually holds the record for the longest charting single of the 1980s by a solo artist, narrowly beating out the Laura Branigan classic Gloria. The song's icky. The video is skeezy. And doubling the skis factor in the early 1990s was, um, I used to listen to WBAB out of Babylon in the, at, at night when I was doing my homework because it was, it was a classic rock radio station it came in very clear in my room. It was one of the few stations that did. And the DJ at night for a couple of years was Opie, who would go on to be one half of the duo Opie and Anthony, and then and, you know, and 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 another radio shows. And Opie in about like ninety two ish, ninety three ish, was using this song as a backdrop or as segues between segments involving the Amy Fisher, Mary Jo Buttafuoco, Joey Buttafuoco story that was going on at the time. So that's kind of what I always think of when I hear Into the Night by Benny Mardones. And just in case you needed another reminder that 1970s soft rock love songs were all about the ick factor... Here's Sometimes When We Touch, a song that is just as spine-chilling as the phrase, We Made Love. You ask me if I love you and I choke on my reply I'd rather hurt you honestly Than mislead you with a lie And who am I to judge you On what you say or do I'm only just beginning To see the real Sometimes when we touch The honesty is too much And I have to close my eyes And hide I want to hold you till I die Till we both break down and cry I want to hold you Till the fear in me subsides Trapped within my youth 
Now it's time to prove Michael Bailey right, and that is that it all comes back to Superman. I honestly didn't know this existed as a song, like as a recorded single and a song that charted until WLTW Light FM began playing it like crazy for just some inexplicable reason sometime around the late 80s, early 1990s. And peaked at number five on the adult contemporary charts in 1979, but like they just kind of added it to the rotation then. And every Superman, the movie fan out there is just looking at their, their iPod or whatever right now. And they're thinking, please don't play it. Please don't play it. Please don't play it. Please don't play it. And yes, I'm going to play it. My fellow comic nerds. Here's Maureen McGovern singing the single version of, can you read my mind?
Richard Marks clearly had the worst hair of the 1980s. No, really, the worst. Anyway, as ridiculous as his hair was, his career is not as ridiculous as your average hack music quote journalist read blogger would make it out to be. He's actually a pretty solid songwriter, and he, even after his career in the late 80s, early 1990s kind of fizzled out, he's won a few Grammys for writing and producing songs for other artists, namely Luther Vandross and other adult contemporary artists. But he has a lasting contribution to the light rock, soft pop, power ballad pantheon, and that is Right Here Waiting.
And now we come to the last song. And I have saved the best, or is it worst? It's certainly the most softtacular for last. Written by Bertie Higgins and Sonny Limbo and performed by Bertie Higgins, it's a song about a guy who is pleading with a lover. And yes, it's a lover, because it's soft rock from 1982, so it's always going to be a lover to reconsider leaving him. The video is perfect 1980s cheese with Birdie in full soft rock beard and a tropical shirt, speedboating around with a younger girl who I believe was like literally plucked from a local high school. It's a must watch. Trust me, it's going to be in the show notes as well. Here is Key Largo. Wrapped around each other Trying so hard to stay warm That first cold winter together Lying in each other's arms Watching those old movies Falling in love so desperately Honey, I was your hero And you were my leading lady We had it all Just like And all the things we did We can find it once again Hello Just like they did in Key Lago. 
can't you remember? We played all the parts. That sweet scene of surrender. When you gave me your heart. Please say you will play it again. Cause I love you still Maybe this can't be the end We had it all Just like Bogey in the car Starring in our own late, late show Sailing away to Key Largo Here's looking at you And all the things we did We can find it once again Hello Just like they did in Key Largo We had it all Just like And we have arrived. Thanks for coming along with me on this journey through musical hell. I hope you have found it wonderfully soft and soothing. In the future, there will be other countdown playlist episodes, cartoons, TV themes, other musical ones. But until then, you'll just have to settle for some regular episodes. And I'll be back in a few weeks with another regular episode. So until then, take care and thanks for listening. Every word is a symphony Don't you believe me? Sailing Takes me away To where I'm always Just a dream the wind To carry me Soon I will be free You have reached the end of another episode of Pop Culture Affidavit. All music, clips, and other material used in this podcast are the property of their respective copyright holders. And since this podcast is intended for entertainment purposes and I make no money off of it, no infringement is intended. Images, clips, show notes, and essays on other topics random in the world of popular culture can be found at Pop Culture Affidavit, which is located at popcultureaffidavit.com. Feedback can be sent by email to popcultureaffidavit at gmail.com. Pop Culture Affidavit also has a Facebook page, and you can like the podcast at facebook.com slash popcultureaffidavit. This podcast is a proud member of the Two True Freaks Network of Podcasts, which is the division of the Demanzacor of Milan, Italy. You can download this podcast and many other great podcasts at twotruefreaks.com. Want to support this and the other Two True Freaks podcasts? Go to twotruefreaks.com and click the Amazon.com link. It costs you no extra money, but really helps us all out. Thank you for listening and come back next time for some more pop culture randomness.